This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash be here now. to the Shakti Hour, a podcast on the Be Here Now Network, where I speak with women about their personal experience on the spiritual path. I'm Melanie, and today I'm speaking with a wonderful teacher who is part of the Yoga Glow Network of teachers. Her name is Jo Tatsula, and this conversation was very deep and personal. I'm so grateful to her for her sharing honestly about her own experience with the death of her mother and the passing from one phase of life into the next and the evolution of her own spiritual understanding and practice and teaching. I found this interview to be a big turning point for me in listening to the conversations that are evolving here on the Shakti Hour among many different women on the spiritual path and what that means for us to share with one another and to put these stories into the public view or on the audio, the public ear. And I really found it super helpful in talking with Joe to just see the value of each of our struggles, triumphs, insights, understandings, our personal experience, the value of each individual's personal experience on the spiritual path and in life and how being present to that experience is the gift that each of us gives uh, back to 
the other to each other. Because her capacity, Joe's capacity to remain present in this transformational moment, which she'll share with you here. And then to retell that story for me to hear really does give me the strength to retell my stories and to see the value in my being present to each of my hurdles, challenges, triumphs, victories, mistakes, understandings, and uh, evolution. So this conversation has a nice, easy pace. We were just coming off uh, a week-long retreat on Maui for the Ramdas Spring Retreat. And so I hope that you uh, will take some time with this here and enjoy listening and possibly relating and seeing the benefit of your own individual wisdom each moment that we get to have our own insight into the experience of becoming, the experience of awakening, the experience of being present to the now is uh, so valuable to the greater good, to the whole. And no um, experiences is too small or insignificant to be of benefit to the rest of us. So please uh, enjoy this conversation and remember to subscribe to the Shakti Hour on iTunes. And thanks very much for listening. Welcome to the Shakti Hour. This is Melanie and I'm here on the Be Here Now Network live from Maui with Joe Tatsula, a wonderful yoga teacher who I discovered on Yoga Glow several years ago. And we're going to just take a minute um, to talk and, and get to know each other. Wonderful. Yeah. And I just learned um, that that Joe and her husband just moved to Maui this year. Correct? We did, yeah, in February. We've been here about five or so times, popping in and out, visiting Ramdas and um, coming on retreat and whatnot. And then it just occurred to us, well, why don't we just stay here? You know, why are we making it such a priority to to come here, spend time here trying to organize when we can just really just move here? And uh, when we said it out loud, it felt so good. You know, it was a it was a yes moment of like, yeah, clearly. I want to say that Ramdas is a big part of that. I feel such a heart connection with him and with his um the people who are in his life 
I find them so loving, genuine, and I oh, and and Stu, my husband, and Soleil, we we want to be a part of that. We want to add to that, and also um, I have a connection with Polynesia. My dad was born in Fiji. So that's a little connect there and I've always been drawn to the Polynesian culture. It felt, um, just felt really aligned to that lineage. So it feels, it feels like an ancestral um, cyclical thing that I'm, I'm carrying on here. Yeah. So just to back up a bit, how did you come into... Uh, practicing yoga this is my 20 year anniversary for practicing yoga yay (laughs) and I I want to say that um so I was in my 20s but it had been on my mind for years that it was something that I should do and I really just thought no I'll come back to that no I don't really have the time and the time was right. I was working in the film industry and I was, um, you know, really um, threw myself in completely, had no life outside of film and it was very, very stressful. And uh, I walked into a yoga studio because I just thought I need something and I knew that yoga could be that thing to help me just how how did you know that did you do you know how you knew that were you exposed to it before or no I don't know how I knew that um I was not exposed to yoga before that I grew up in a very remote mining town in um the middle of the desert in Australia so with no television and no anything (laughs) there was no there was a dirt road going to the town and you know a very small town so um so we we didn't have a lot out there obviously but um my mum and dad gave me the gift of not giving me any answers to life not giving me any religion or any any containers of which I could make sense of things it was always well just Find out for yourself. Find out for yourself, whatever you think it is. So that, I think, ignited a real um, seeker spirit in me because I thought, yeah, I want to find out what this is. And so somehow I must have attached yoga with a way or you know, a, a path of finding out what life is because I had... Um, you know, I had dabbled in Christianity. I um, enrolled myself into Sunday school, even though I wasn't baptized, and the nuns allowed me to because I was very um, um, studious and um, very keen. You know, and uh, I did that for a few things of trying to, um, you know, find out the path. And then, and maybe it was a, a, an old memory. A, past life thing I don't know but um but yoga was calling and my first class even though I can't really remember um the details about it I remember the feeling of being at peace in my body 
and in my mind. And uh, from day one, I became completely um, devoted to the practice. Wow. Do you think that you knew that because you had tried to doing these other things? Or do you think it was the, the contrast from your film life was so drastic to when you got into the class? Or Yeah. I think that was a big part of it. I think also that um, I had never really felt peaceful in my own body. And I had never really felt that my body was sacred in any way. I inherited a lot of negative body issues. Um, you know, my mom, who was just gorgeous, had had an internal dialogue of like, you know, oh, I can't eat this and, oh, I don't fit into this. And I, I think I just inherited that. And um, and it was all around. That, that, that type of negative self-talk was all around um, in my friends and, you know what I was hearing on the street. So so it was very radical to have an experience of being at peace with my body and being in awe of my body and having something switched on that there's something to explore inside, not outside. And all of those things along with the stressful um, life on film, I think, was what um, really brought it home for me of like, this is a worthwhile practice. I love this story. It's There's two things that come up for me listening to that. One, it's that it's kind of like that um, you find love when you're when you're last looking for it. Yeah. It, cause it's, it, because it was so potent, you know, oh, maybe I'll try yoga. But because it was so po- this potent moment like really sat in you. And then I also just love that um, you were given this capacity to find for yourself from your family, the way you were describing that, yeah. so that you would even be able to tune to that within yourself. I mean, that's actually a really profound yeah. teaching. Yeah, it was, it was a gift of freedom, spiritual freedom. And alongside with that... Um, freedom to be a seeker that freedom like like it was a um almost almost like a challenge you know if you if you want to find out the meaning of life you go out and find it you know and that really that really struck a chord with me and all but also um in that environment um there was a a presence of the indigenous community out there the australian aboriginals and at that time, um, a lot of the community was still um, living outdoors, camping, and th- there happened to be a camp uh, right across the road from our house, and um, they would have a campfire every night, and and they would do you know ceremony and songs and dancing, and that I uh, I grew up with that not knowing how special that was, that was very ordinary. But now coming into yoga and, um, you know, even in, in this retreat setting um, in, in, the, in the Bhakti spirit, that, um, that coming together and the ceremony and uh, song together 
reminds me of that of that time in my childhood of of how important that is how important the community coming together is how important it is to um to hold each other up yeah and so that that makes sense to me now and your your willingness to move to be close to that yeah especially with your with your cute little daughter she's so beautiful to offer that possibility yeah for her to experience as well yeah she's um i'm i'm really excited for her life because she's seen some amazing things and she's only three yeah (laughs) you know she's um she's um you know swam in the pool and laughed and played with ram das and she's um been to Rishikesh you know when she was one and uh, you know she's um and she's really she seems really smart and has it all together at three (laughs) so I'm pretty I'm pretty excited um for her life and those lessons that my parents gave me of like trying not to indoctrinate her too strongly into any one thing because I realized that my beliefs uh my knowledge is limited also you know even though I have been practicing yoga for 20 years and have done a lot of seeking, a lot of journeying, um, I really, I, I still have no idea what life is about. I suspect it has a lot to do with love. Um, that is, um, that was a gift that was given to me when my mum died. I, um... She wanted to die at home, but I wasn't able to keep her at home. Um, it was just too hard, so I um, I put her in hospice, and she she it was two weeks in the hospice before she passed away. But so but so I wasn't with her all the time, and so I said to the staff like, please, if you think she's going to to pass, can you call me? So um, I got a call at like one a.m staff said you know I think I think she's close so I got in the car and I I sped to her and I was um, singing mantra trying to like you know stay connected with my heart open be brave you know bring with me all my tools and as soon as I um, got into the room with her I felt uh, you know I I felt a bit removed from what was actually going on and I was looking at her struggling to breathe and I was thinking is this her last breath is this her last breath and then it dawned on me that like I'm not breathing with her I'm just looking at her thinking in my own mind which is the exact opposite of what I wanted to be there for so so I got up in bed with her and I curled up and I cuddled her And as she took a breath, I took a breath and we just breathed together and I just focused on the love. I just focused on the love, not the fear. I focused on the love. And and that took me into just a recurring mantra saying, there's only love, there's only love. Like this, this, the, the, the love is real. This love is real, there's only love. There's only love. And 
then a nurse walked in and she, and she said, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. And I hadn't realized that mum had passed away because I was still in the love that never went away. And that was an awakening teaching for me of like, that love was real. She went, but the love didn't go. And that was as strong as ever. So, so, what and that, profound, that profound was all, teaching. that was all there was to focus on in that moment. So yeah. I suspect that that is what life is about and mm. what is the real currency of life. Yeah. That is a incredibly moving story. And, um, so practical yeah. in a way too that the the experience of that the mantra the chanting all the work that had come up to that and not even that you necessarily were thinking ever that I'm working towards this moment but that that surrender into that in that physical moment was able to communicate that truth yeah yeah I mean I feel like you know I've experienced that feeling I'm sure you had experienced that feeling before but to really literally embrace it yeah embrace the knowing yeah it was profound it was profound it was such a highlighted experience of that moment I was in my head and I was in a complete state of fear and detachment the moment that I got out of my head and connected to my heart I was completely present and in the loving realm in in you know in the eternal in the eternal in the eternal where where death does it doesn't matter because it goes beyond death so that was that was um in fact that whole year i was so profound because in the um within 8 months i experienced my daughter's first breath and my mother's last breath and to to have have those polar experiences in such a short amount of time uh blew my head off <laughs> in in a way that indoctrinated me so deeply into life and what life is about that I'm still trying to um, put it into words and apply it. But I know that through that there's been some fundamental shifts. Yeah. And um, so it uh, Ramdas is a great place to hold that experience yeah story that you're telling now and that understanding um this would be a great place to be able to match that yeah and allow it to integrate in in a way that that wouldn't have to dilute it or wouldn't even have to be explained absolutely yeah no matter what question you ask ramdas um 
you know, for, for the times that I've been with him, it always circles back to I am loving awareness um, and his love for his guru, Maharaji. And you can't, you can't ask him a question that doesn't take him back to that place. So I, I feel, I feel that place that I experienced with my mom, you know, with my daughter. I, I, I feel like he's living that a lot of the time. In fact, most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And how nice, you know, and how nice to be able to be around it um, as it's settling into your cells and into your work, I mean, it, it just, it's striking me in hearing the story for the first time that, you know, how this is going to come into your work and you were just saying how you're going to talk about it and how it's going to, how you're going to live it. Yeah. And, um, and being supported while, while coming to terms with that or coming into that expression. Yeah. Is, is super. Yeah. That has been a, a, it's been a big thing actually um, because I am a teacher and um, I've been teaching for quite a long time and so I have a certain way of uh, explaining things and breaking things down but I did feel like when uh, I started teaching after um, after my mom passed away that not that I was lost for words but things were coming out completely different and it was as though I didn't even know my own practice. It was as though something completely new was coming out and a lot of things that I thought as staple I had to throw aside because they were no longer relevant. I had an experience like that when I, after I did my retreat uh, with Ramdas. I went back to New York to, to do a class and I'd been doing classes at this at this little shop that my friend had in the East Village and um, I went in to do the class and everybody was excited to come to class because I had just been with Ram Dass, you know. And I went in and it was literally like I had, you know, four left feet because everything I was, I was trying to say, it was come and it, it just totally bombed. And yeah. it's it, at a certain point, I was like, people were leaving, which has never happened to me before, you know? And I, and I, I just was like, I, you know, was in my heart and Ramdas was just give it to Maharaji. And I was like, oh, this isn't mine anymore. Not that I was thinking that I was holding it like that, but this isn't mine to, to give. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And it, I I love it. And it that whole thing ended with uh, a young a young girl, my friend's daughter came in and and um drawing hearts and putting butterflies on the heart. I mean, she was the only person I could relate to in that moment. <laughs> you know, all the other, you know, wonderfully talented, smart, sophisticated New York women, you know, that was I couldn't communicate with them yet. Right, and the people who want to hear hear that message are, uh, you know, are in a different stage in their practice. So there is a, there is definitely a shift in um, 
who comes to your class and who doesn't anymore because you can't you can no longer play the game that you were playing before because it's not relevant and it's not truthful right which is so nice you know just in thinking of all the different teachers that there are and the value of that yeah you know because um I didn't I wasn't put on notice that that was going to shift you know I didn't I didn't know that I was going to sit down and suddenly have a different point of view <laughs> and not be able to speak. But um, I do think that uh, it's, um, it really is, a, it really is magical in this way. And um, I love that aspect also of Ramdas's teaching when he's been asked about Maharaji and people have called him out and said that's well that's your your imagination you're using your imagination and he says yes yes I am right <laughs> yes I am using my imagination and I I just love that playfulness and that capacity to to be okay with the the mystery of it right, right. absolutely and it's, you know, we're only, all of us here are only surmising what we think, is, you know, life is about and how it happens and what happens next. Because who, who really knows? No one knows. So to stay in the mystery is a wonderful thing. And also to not to take yourself so seriously because, I mean you what you were what you were yabbering on about you know a couple of years ago it was definitely truthful at the time but but even truth shifts as as things change as you know as life evolves as you grow either your truth then is not your truth now so so you you have to you you can't take yourself seriously because you know you know in a couple of years you're going to be onto something else you know and and look back at yourself and think, oh, I knew nothing. <laughs> I was so naive. Well, can you say more about that? Because, you know, I think if I was listening to this and, and hearing that story, you would think that that is the most profound experience. And, and uh, Duncan was just sharing that uh, in the satsang earlier about, oh, I had this amazing experience of meditation da, 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 and then I kept wanting to get back right kept wanting to get back right to that. so can you speak about if, how that's unfolded for you since then or if you've had that kind of what kind of relationship you've had with that moment yeah I um I think I don't think of that moment as limiting I think of that moment as a gift and a blessing and I would never want to go through that again or replicate that because that was catastrophically heart-shattering. My world became untied. The bubble burst. The bubble uh, that my mum and dad put around me and that life, that burst. So life was this big thing without them. So it's not that um, it's not that I would ever want to recreate that at all. Um, 
but what it did do is awaken me to the fact that you know every moment things like that are happening for people every every moment you know this moment right now someone is having an, an enlightened epiphany of some sort some sort of download some sort of miracle you know and um, if you can be open to hearing other people's stories, if you can be open to sharing your own story, you know, you start to get a bit more of the puzzle. But if, you, if you're um, defined by it and closed down by it or limited by it, then, then yes, that's a problem. But, but I, see, I, I think of it as a blessing and, I, and, I, and it makes me even more curious about life and even more curious about other people's experiences and you know listening to listening to people talk who who have something real to say yeah it's a it's like I was getting the image of like a shooting star so there's all these different shooting stars it's not all just one shooting star right right that's right and they have their and um, all those different moments and and uh, ha- you know have yours, mm-hmm. and and then and then you can also sit back and and see that reflected in these other shooting stars. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be the same thing. That's so right. So you don't have to hold on to the trail. Yeah, <laughs> try and ride with it. To I don't even know where shooting stars go or what that phenomenon is. Yeah, scientifically, but um, I love that idea that you can just uh, uh, witness bear witness to witness or listen to hear it reflected in another miracle or in another blessing I find I love hearing people's stories of awakening I love hearing those magical moments because it just um ignites the flame even more of 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 the mystery that this is and and how limitless the possibilities are for things happening. Hmm. Yeah. So this I, the the idea of surrender back to you're standing at the threshold to the door mm. of the or the threshold to the bed or I see you at the door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're probably in the room already. Yeah. And you had done your practice on the way in. Somewhere, it's, you exited into the mind. Yeah. Do you know what happened? Do you know what happened that brought you into the heart? Do you know what awakened you to that? Mm. Oh, what a beautiful question! Thank you. I I haven't thought of that. Um, it could have been grace. Would be my first answer. Um, it could have been the thousands of hours that I've spent bringing myself back from, you know, my thoughts to my breath. And those moments, those small little moments of awakening, it, it could be that, it could be that, that just the practice, just the muscle that and cellular memory of the practice, that practice of coming back, mm-hmm. that practice of realizing, oh, I've, I've gone, I've gone somewhere. I'm not here. You know, this, this is important. And obviously, for things like birth and death, um, uh, you are present. 
you, you, you know, but in, in, in life, um, mundane day-to-day stuff, it's not exciting. So, so it's very easy to fantasize about other things, mm-hmm. but the practice, I think, helps us in those catastrophic moments, in those catastrophic moments where so you don't miss it. You know, you've got one chance of your child being born. You've got one chance right. of your parent dying to be there. Yeah. You've got, you, you don't get to redo it. So it's a worthwhile practice so that whatever comes your way in life, the big things, the important things, you're there. You're there for it. Right. Well, that is a great plug for practice <laughs> right yes <laughs> you know because it's a at a certain point your practice can actually become just a habit true in some in some kind of a way yeah no not a terrible habit to shift from the head to the heart but there's something else that's behind that that's keeping that alive and present yeah um do you have any experience with that or does that yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Um, for example, when when I had a life where it was just me and I had no real big responsibilities, I could do a two-hour yoga practice in the morning and then I could, you know, read some classical texts on philosophy or you know study some anatomy or whatever and I had all of that space um, I enjoyed it I, I enjoyed it but when when um, when things really went down I, I had to let go of my practice because I didn't have that time and it became the essentials of like I just need to be grounded at this moment and not lose my cool um, as everything goes to chaos so so then it becomes a real life practice of what can I do to ground in this moment you know okay I'm gonna take a few deep breaths I can do that you know so um so yes what are some things that you do like just some practical things that you would say that would be how can I get grounded in this moment? One thing that I used to do was yeah. called feet in the earth, hands in the sky. So I'd take my shoes off, I would go outside, I would stand barefoot on the earth and I'd reach my hands up to the sky and I'd take a few breaths. And I found that that was both grounding, centering, opening, you know, all at once. Um, that was fantastic. I would um, play mantra. So even if I wasn't just um, able to do that myself, I would just have that on in the background. That would just some sort of recording. Some of sort of recording that would just keep keep my mind circling back to what's important. Um, but yeah, that 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 too easy, you know. But definitely the feet in the earth, hands in the sky. Yeah, that's a great one. I, I did that a lot. And a few deep breaths. There were three. Yeah. A few deep breaths. A few deep breaths. <laughs> and, and, the, and having some sort of reminder. Having some sort of reminder. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because 
in times where things are really uncertain, uh, fear takes over. And that is in the realm of the mind. And you can get taken so far into the, into the fear that, that you don't need to go there, you know. Yes, at a certain point, for example, um, you know, if a loved one is, is ill, you, you may have to face that. But at that time, it's not happening. So at that time, you know, just be with what is. Be with what is. Yeah. And then I found that, um, you know, now that I have some space and I can do a long yoga practice, I have a little bit more context for it. I know that like, wow, I really needed this stuff. You know, I, I really need, this is important. Um, and, and, and so I, I cherish it even more. So it has not gone back to being a routine thing for me. I, I, I really do cherish it. Right. So it's not the, the habit or the routine is maybe just a part of the practice. Yeah. Is part of, again, building that muscle memory and, and yeah. structure. Yeah. And yeah, in, at any given moment, there will be some kind of chaos or some kind of uncertainty. Yeah. That you know, could serve, I mean, could serve as a test, but can serve as an opportunity to engage that and see. I mean, I know Ramdas tells that story about um, failing the test of having his stroke and he didn't think of God when he was about to die. Right, right. And he's like, I failed the test, you know? Um, Which is such a beautiful part of his story and Mm -hmm. him as a teacher. Yeah. And listening to you here now you know following this retreat you know your story as a teacher these moments are presented for your teaching yeah and so um i love that in the same analogy with the the shooting star that that being present for your moments is your offering to the world. That's right. Yeah. That's that's uh, as complicated as you know the Hindi pantheon of deities, and you know it, it, it's a chaotic realm. But what it does offer is um, is that reminder that this moment is the only moment, and that and that really all of the other things are are pointers, are just pointing you back here to the moment, you know, way of explaining our humanity, way of explaining different experiences, way of explaining, you know, the craziness that this whole thing is, but all pointing back to that it's not a um, rehearsal. This is a one-time thing. Right. (laughs) This is it. Pay attention. This is the moment. This is the moment. Yeah, this is it. Yeah. Yeah, 
I, it feels to me that that is a very fluid perception and and you know just talking a bit about the the feminine and and in this flow of the life cycle mm-hmm. from mother to mother to daughter yeah mother to daughter yeah mother mm. to daughter um I feel like most of the spiritual teachings at their core come to that. But a lot of the ways of getting there are um, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> gold star. Yeah. H, I, J, K. Two yeah. gold stars. And, um, yeah, can you speak any to anything about that? Yeah, yeah, I can. Um before my mum was ill, I had a thought that I wanted to explore the divine feminine, the divine mother. Like, what what is this f- feminine force we call mother? And I had gotten into um, shamanic um, practices and um, spent a bit of time in Peru and really, um, really thought that I wanted to explore that. And when I look back now, I laugh because I, I was so naive, you know, thinking, oh, the Divine Mother... I want to I want to explore that what what that is you know <laughs> so I can so I can teach about it in my classes and you know and everyone will be happy but um <laughs> but what I re- but what I realized you know that that div- that divine feminine energy that is the creation that is the birth you know that is the um and me trying to um, nurture my baby and nurture my mum, you know, the, the preserver, but then ultimately the destructive force, you know, the Kali and, and, the, and the death. And that, that is the journey of the feminine, is to stand at those two portals, to be present, to go through it, to bear witness. So... I discovered I discovered that you know um, even though I lost my mother now I'm the mother I am the mother and my lofty goals of like wanting to get to know the divine feminine like just look at my life (laughs) that is the divine feminine you know that birth that creation that experience of giving birth that holding your baby that um you know feeding your baby that first breath and then all the way through to the you know your heart ripping out of your chest saying goodbye to your own mother and and trying to make sense of that and being present for that like that that is the whole that is the whole journey of the feminine and it's quite something to stand in that and it's quite something um you know I imagine for my partner to have experienced me going through 
you know. So so now when I talk about the divine feminine or I hear about that, I have a lot of reverence and I also have a lot of um, not caution but just a um, just some space around how powerful that is. I I um I think of uh, Mount Haleakala as the as that expression of that. You know, right. the, the island itself, you know, is, is alive. It's mm-hmm. been created from this beast. <laughs> This, you know, this Mother Earth, right. literally, right yeah. there. And you don't know what the weather is going to be like up there. You don't know what it's, what is going to be happening up there, you know, because yeah. it has its own chaotic, creative flow, vortex of energy. I mean, it's such a powerful expression of that. Mm. And I think, um, I think... Personally, the the idea of parsing out feminine and masculine, or parsing out the divine feminine from femininity, mm-hmm. or from womanhood, or from girlhood, is a bit foolish, <laughs> you know. So, yeah. So what you're saying is is true that we're you know, we're living in we're that is the that is it. That's the experience, and it's absolutely not to say that um, that you know we are. If you're born a female, you just have a female uh, perspective or experience of life. That's not true. I mean, we all have a made of both aspects, um, both energies coming together. I mean, the the whole creation of a baby is male and the female coming together and that unity and um, in yoga talk a lot about the um, the masculine and the fen- feminine aspects of energy the Ida and Pingala Nadis and the Shashumna being being the coming together so so it's not to say that you um, that it's void of mas- uh, masculine experience or or perspective but it's also um, stating the obvious of like when you're a woman, you the, there are certain things that you do that you don't do if you if you're a man, and definitely the one of um, giving birth, definitely the one of being in sync with nature, having a moon cycle, you know that bleeding every month you know that that sort of that sort of thing is a is it's a powerful thing it's 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 a powerful thing and um and i and i think should be celebrated a bit more or talked about a bit more or brought into conversation a bit more because that voice has um, has been lost. Yeah, it's just even as we're sitting here talking about it and or trying to talk about it, or it just feels like it is what we are uncovering, mm-hmm. kind of right now in our in our consciousness, and somehow 
whether or not there is some other time when that understanding was more present you know I don't know when that would have been mm-hmm. <laughs> and we looked at like you know we looked to other cultures to find to find that um, and it's there and it's, it's in our it's in our own culture as well but um, it's such a vast a vast subject and um, something that it maybe is why <laughs> it has been you know, silenced mm-hmm. and that it doesn't have a, a or doesn't yet have a voice a literal presentation mm-hmm. there's a the way of hold, holding that experience or the way of talking about that experience or the way of um, communicating in in terms of teaching or sharing that experience is potentially not in language even <laughs> or in our in the structures that we have available to us right now um, developed in a way that we can share it yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely there I think um, you know there are, are a small select group of people who have had the luxury of um, being born into a place where there is um, you know somewhat equal rights and um, you know opportunities but uh, we can easily forget that that is definitely not the situation for many women on the planet today and uh, just going back a few decades um, that was definitely not the case so um, you know not that I want to um, beat anyone down or anything or um, but I I think that um, I think that there needs to be there there is space for that reminder of like okay these stories have not been told for a long time in in a big way and that it is an important thing to do to get together and to talk about um, about everything that a woman a woman goes through and um, you know bringing bringing back into normalcy. Um, talking about women's cycles or, um, you know, God forbid, breastfeeding in public or, um, you, you know, yeah, all, all of those things, all of those things um, that have a, some, a lot of shame attached to them or um, dirtiness or insignificance. And I think having more open conversations brings more um, brings more balance more normality to those to those very real topics yeah and it's just more more stories yeah <laughs> more authentic I feel like I rambled stories. on a bit there well but no but you know what, you know what? that's what I'm saying is I feel like this is the conversation that's beginning mm. is and and that's part of the question behind the 
my desire for the podcast is, you know, partially do, do we need to talk about the, it itself or mm -hmm. is it, is it good to just, um, begin to explore our own experiences and, and sharing them more and more, more and more voices, uh, sharing our personal experience, um, on the spiritual path, our personal experiences in life, you know, to, to, um, humanize the feminine. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe the divine feminine yes. is not what we need to, maybe we need to first humanize <laughs> the feminine and then, then we can, we can, uh, you know, worry about getting connected to the divine yeah. aspects of yes. it. Yes. Yes. Humanize and not demonize. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so now you're here on Maui, and um, you're you're starting to write about this. Yeah, and um, and what do you uh, what do you have um, in your teaching right now that you're that you're seeing seeing with people you work with or or just feeling yourself that you think is a a piece of guidance or a piece of advice that maybe you might offer. To, to women and girls on the spiritual path. Mm. All of the great teachers that I love and um, have gotten great life guidance from have always pointed me back to myself, to my own heart. And I, I would want to offer that to any um, young girls out there who are on the path and there are so many different voices and um, so many people talking with authority about you know, lots of different things. But um, just to ask that basic question of are you being empowered through that teaching? Is that teaching helping you to make the transition from your head to your heart. And if it is, yes, that is a worthwhile thing to explore. And if it's not, it could be good information, but ultimately, um, you know, that's not, that's not the real thing. The real thing is, is hidden in plain sight. Right. It's interesting in a variety of ways when I ask that question of women that it it's directed oftentimes being directed back to the to the self mm. back to the heart in some kind of way and i just noticed i just realized it now that even that is part of the story it's part of the healing of the story in that um uh that that's such a needed point of view yeah uh for for women yeah it, even at this moment in 2017 yeah absolutely wait a minute what is it who like who who's here yeah w what was it what I was doing again <laughs> you know? yeah w where was I going yeah and and I love uh, all the stories that you shared about your own life too in that there's so much caretaking and nurturing in these stories that you shared today but all of that was grounded through this continuing to turn back inward. Absolutely. Yeah, and that, that 
has been the most empowering thing is that, um, you know, I think Lama Suryadas was saying this a lot last year and I've been echoing it ever since is like, uh, you do a lot of seeking, but at, at one point in time, you have to do some finding. And that spoke so beautifully to me at the time where I thought, you know, you're right. I've done so much seeking. I have been around the world again and again and again and chasing after different teachings and teachers. But ultimately, you know, when I really needed it, I came back to myself and to my own heart and that's when the real awakening happened and that was empowering that it, it's 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 not out of your grasp it, it's right there right. and yes we may need guidance and tools on how to remove some of the distraction so that we can really be with that um, deep place inside and, and that's um, helpful but but ultimately, you know, it comes from within. The the every source of love and happiness that you experience in your life, it doesn't come from anywhere else. You generate it yourself. And to to have that introspection of where well, where's that coming from? And to accept that responsibility, mm. which I think also is a feminine or a feminist <laughs> potentially issue of um, the, I'm just going to go there, the patriarchal, (laughs) you know, um, dispossession of the power of the the female. So, you know, up until, it's still going on now, but up until very recently, the woman found her power through whatever man Mm -hmm. was in her life. Mm -hmm. So it's it's culturally, like, the momentum behind that is way <laughs> is 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 already blasting forward right? yes so this coming back into to generating your own happiness your own reward your own power yeah um and that it's already there it's already there yeah and uh, the, the simplicity of it is that you don't need to buy anything, you don't need to read anything, you don't need to wear any particular clothes, you know, um, it's, it's, it's already there. It's already there. You don't need anything. It's so simple. Right. And you're, you're a great teacher for that because you were given that opportunity. You were empowered to be self-empowered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is which really is a gift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I uh, this was great. I'm so glad that um, you were here. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for um, coming up to me in the line. That was I really um, that was wonderful. Yeah. It's not often that I get to, like I was saying to you. Um, I often teach over the internet, so a lot of people who take my class, I, I would never know. Until someone comes up right. to me and says, hey. Right. Yes, I've studied with you, yeah. you know, for years. Yeah. <laughs> We've never met. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that is a great reminder. You can find Joe on, on Yoga Glow. Yoga Glow, yep. Yogaglow.com. Lots of wonderful new and archived classes there. And she's here on Maui. And I think you teach a couple times a week here in Maui. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I've just started teaching a little bit here. And also um, I split my time between here and 
um, Perth in Australia. So, um, so if anyone is in Maui or in Perth, you can go to my website at jotestula.com. Great. And you can yeah. find her there. And uh, we'll have links to that on the Shakti Hour page. Thanks so much again, Joe. Thank you so much. Lovely speaking Thank with you. you. You too. So- This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash BeHereNow today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash BeHereNow.